Hi, I'm Michelle Gelati Mandel. And I'm Josh Mandel. And this is the How Goods This podcast, where we share with you our creative hacks learned from coupledom. These thoughts and ideas have been inspired by our two decades together, which includes living and working in three different countries, one child, one dog, and lots and lots of love notes. And let's face it, we've also been inspired and have learned from the challenges we all face in our lives as couples. Tough times, family loss, we've learned from all of it. So we hope you enjoy How Good's This, a podcast that encourages you to ask this simple question every day. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the How Good's This podcast, where today we are going to be talking about the year of the woman and the year of the man. So we promised in our last episode that we would share some insight around this idea of 2017 having been the year of the woman. And Josh and I absolutely believe that to be true. And there hasn't been a lot of talk about it also in so many ways being the year of the man as well. So why don't we Perhaps begin? needing to be the year of the man as much as it exactly. hasn't been the year of the man. Yeah. Yes. Let's just actually take a, a pause with that. We have so needed women's voices and it just makes my heart really feel a lot right now. Um, And we have also really needed men to step up and use their voices. Right. To support, to highlight, to come with us. I think, yeah. And elevate. Principally to support at this stage, I think, to acknowledge that there are too many women in our society who have had to endure and suffer at the hands of men. And when they come forward, the first instinct on the man's part should be to support. We need to acknowledge that we're reaching a tipping point, a a pivot in our culture that is being expressed by women who simply aren't going to put up with it any longer. And our first instinct as men needs to be to support that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's actually start with you. You know, I think, again, what we're really here to do is sort of, you know, take this conversation and sort of tip it, you know, kind of turn it over on its head a little bit. Um, So as much as, you know, it would be, it would feel really natural to start to talk, um, to have me speak, um, I actually would love to turn it over to you because in many ways you are going to share what it is that I might, you know, want to highlight today about what it means to be a conscious man, what it means to be a man truly in love and in deep respect of his woman, of women. Um, And yeah, so let's have you take it away. Yeah, I think before I get into that, I'll take a step back. And you and I have talked about this, but I was in law school in the early 90s, which was just after uh, a number of different sexual harassment laws had been passed 
both in states and at the federal level, around what was acceptable in the workplace. And that was, as is often the case when we pass laws, a first effort to start to change culture. There were, you know, there, there were cases that were coming forward at that time of open and completely open in the workplace uh, examples of harassment, um, not just a, a, a making for a bad workplace where women were touched or things were talked about in front of them, uh, but also what, what's called the, the quid pro quo, which we heard about in some of the Weinstein cases where uh, a person's career was, was being um, determined on whether they would participate in certain activities. So that was, in a lot of ways, a reckoning point, but it clearly wasn't a reckoning point that went far enough to change culture. Because what we've seen is that a lot of that behavior simply went behind closed doors and the men who were willing and and wanting to engage in it found ways to do it that weren't in in direct contravention of these laws. So I don't think anybody, unfortunately, was that surprised in the one hand to hear these cases coming out because we've all, in different ways, heard about instances of it. We've heard from women who have brought it up to us one-on-one or in small groups, but who have not want to have gone public with it. We've all known collectively that society has not moved far enough along. So I think what we're looking at now is that second pivot point. If the first was the actual passage of laws to protect women, now is that cultural moment where women are standing up and saying, it's not working and it's not good enough. And that is, and that was one of the reasons why we wanted to sit down and do this podcast, because we wanted to acknowledge that we believe that we're at that point and we all need to keep our eyes open and, and be aware of it and support it. And I think one of the other reasons we wanted to talk about this and why we chose a potentially um, controversial title like the year of the woman and the year of the man is that we're going through the first step in this process, which is women, whether it happened yesterday or whether it happened 20 years ago, they're realizing that it it simply was, while quote unquote at one point was acceptable, it never should have been accepted. And that's the first step. The next step we think, or I think has got to be that men step up first in support of the women who are raising their voices, but secondly, to come to the table with some solutions for how we're going to address this because simply simply shaming and prosecuting the perpetrators isn't going to be enough if we haven't done things to instill change in our society and that's got to come from both women and men it can't be women alone i need to i need to step forward and have conversations with my son not just about the behavior that's acceptable and unacceptable, but even deeper issues like consent and starting to become an aware young man in the world who, in his interactions, whether he, whatever route he goes down, whether he finds himself falling in love with women or men or both, in in his interactions with people, he needs to be aware uh, that it is a relationship. It is not him exerting his will but he needs to be aware of these relationships that he's entering into. And as he does, that, that idea of consent, especially in a romantic relationship, 
is something that's on him. It's not it's something that he is absolved of responsibility for. And I think that, that it's all wrapped up together. It's not just a conversation about what constitutes a legal definition of assault. It's teaching a deeper <clears throat> respect of others and, and, and really, at the end of the day, a deeper respect of self. Absolutely. Well, and I think you've brought up a really good point um, that I just wanted to highlight from a different angle, from a different point of view, or not so much a different point of view, but just from a slightly different angle. You know, this this idea that um, you know it it's there's an opportunity here for men to really um, rise up, rise up with us, and um, you know now that that women that we um, are are speaking up. But not just about sexual assault, but that we are, you know, that that there's there's a sort of a a swell of of us rising up and of using our voices for lots of different things. So yes, support in the way that you were sharing, and also just this, you know, from more of a, you know, if we were to look at this from more of a thirty five thousand foot view, it's really. Um, also, you know, this season, this time that we're in, it's a really great opportunity to say, okay, you know, th- these particular, uh, you know, issues um, or uh, situations have have now seen the light of day, like lots and lots of days, lots and lots of light. Um, and how can we, you know, through these doors, through these conversations, um, how can we actually keep the door open um, for you know, supporting women's voices, supporting women's leadership, supporting women, period, um, with, um, yeah, in, in all different industries, uh, you know, with all different types of conversations. And, um, you know, and when I say women, I, I literally just had a young woman pop into my mind, you know, this is not only a, um, Hey, support, support women's voices, meaning support, you know, those 18 plus and over, but really supporting from, you know, from a family perspective, from a couple's perspective, you know, meaning from a parent perspective, um, supporting those young women who we either are, you know, have birthed or who we are nurturing or, um, you know, who we, um, are living alongside, you know, nieces and granddaughters and, um, cousins and, and, you know, so, so it's, yeah, it just, it's a big, it's a big conversation and it's a beautiful conversation. I feel like this has really been a gorgeous opportunity, you know, when, um, when, when, when it's very easy to say, ah, this has been an uncomfortable year or so, (laughs) um, I really stop myself and I think, hold on a second. Yes, it's been uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. Um, and I am so grateful to have had the opportunity to, as you were mentioning, to have conversations, not just with you, but with my son about so many different topics and so many different issues that it, I don't want to say it softens it because that's not really, you know, I don't know if there's human words to describe exactly what I mean and or feel right now, but there is a gratitude. I just know that there is a gratitude for as much as it has been painful, um, you know, just the different things going on in the world and politically and um, et cetera. 
um, there is a very deep gratitude for being at, in this point in time, having the, the choice, the consciousness, the awareness to have conversations with, with anyone, but particularly with our child who is, you know, at a very pivotal point in his life right now, you know, 12 and a half starting, you know, to, to, you know, go through puberty. And, um, so I, uh, would we have had these conversations? We've said this to friends. Would we have had these conversations right now in the brave way that we've done it? You know, me telling him about, you know, the experiences, two particular experiences that I've had in the last, what, six, seven years, you know, feeling, um, you know, really unsafe, um, you know, around, you know, men um, and just having him, you know, be really wide eyed and me telling him, you know, that mama felt unsafe and, you know, I, I want you to know this. I want you to know the truth, you know, that. Um, as much as, you know, you see me as, you know, um, someone who is, is capable and strong and excited to, to mm. tell people what I feel and, and, and I'm confident with my voice that I didn't feel confident. I was not able right. to speak up and out. And so, um, that's huge. And again, I, I really do wonder, you yeah. know, would we have had these conversations? I don't know. So there's well, gratitude. I, know, I think for me, I, I, I do know, and I know the answer for me prior to what's gone down over the last couple months is I would have waited for the life situations to come up to have the conversation with Nolan. So I would have waited mm. until he started dating, and then I would have had the consent conversation. Or we I would have. have I would, yeah, yeah I I'm just saying what was in my head in terms of right. how I was kind of thinking about the timing, but what's happened for me in particular is that I've become much more proactive about having these conversations with him before the, the moment, the quote unquote societal or developmental moment happens with him. I've realized how important it is to get out in front and have those proactive conversations with him because otherwise we might be leaving it to society to teach him a lesson and it might teach him a lesson that we don't think is the right lesson. Or, and I'm not sure I want to ask you what you mean by that, or it'll just be a, a lesson that really hurts, which obviously let's just keep it real. We're his parents. I don't want him to, you know, go through unnecessary suffering. Right. You know, right. Yeah. There's that, that famous line and I forget who said it first. Um, but pain is human. Suffering is optional. I know that no one's going to go through pain. He's going to screw up and he's going to trip up and he's going to get bruises and he's, you know, going to, you know, not always say the right thing to people. And, and that's, that is human and that's natural. I don't necessarily believe that suffering is something that is natural per se. I feel like, you know, this is a, another whole podcast you know, conversation, yeah. but just basically the idea that well, if, if as parents we can support our children to not suffer, let's do that. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I think, well, not exactly. Um, I think what I was saying was more along the lines of that we need to have the conversations about topics that we know are things that he is going to encounter in his life. Because if we don't have a conversation with him, he's going to go out in the world and he's going to encounter them. And he's in those situations going to have to figure out 
the lesson that he takes from it. So as an example, we don't have the conversation about him with him about consent early enough. He's watching his friends in their relationships. Maybe he's not at that point where he wants to be in a relationship yet, but he's watching their interactions and he might be watching interactions that actually aren't great interactions. He might be seeing young men exerting undue influence over their girlfriends and he's going to have to figure out whether that's right, what consent looks like. I would rather have that conversation with him one-on-one before he gets there. I, I'm, I'm, there's lots that we're not going to cover, obviously. There's lots of things that he's going to learn on his own, being a person in the world that I get that. But I think there are some, there's a short list of, of, um, of topics that absolutely have to be covered with him from us. And so that's what I was kind of saying. Like, I want to be proactive and do that early so that he doesn't have to wade through those things and come to maybe bad conclusions because of what he's witnessing in the world. Of course. Yeah. And you and I have talked about this a lot. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and if, and, or because we are doing that, I think what, I think we're saying essentially the same thing. And because we are doing that, hopefully, because again, as parents, I, you know, none of us want to see our children go through unnecessary, um, suffering that we will hopefully support him in, um, and not hurting someone else and therefore hurting himself. Yeah. I mean, that's really yeah. what it comes down yeah, to. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, you know, so, so yeah, this, this, this idea of women rising that has absolutely been happening in 2017, it's been happening for a while, right? but, um, you know, there, something has been highlighted. I know, and again, we can only speak for, I cannot speak for the entire U.S. I cannot speak for the entire, the, of the plan, you know, the world or the planet. But when I think about, you know, my own corner in the world, when I think about all of the women that I coach and that I connect with on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, um, and the conversations that you and I have had out at dinners or at, you know, our parents' homes, you know, with our cousins, with my brothers, our brothers, you know, our sister-in-laws, et cetera. There has been, we can say, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that in our experience, there has been a theme of the women in our lives, uh, feeling like feeling more confident to share what it is that they have to say. Yep. So that is the truth. And, and I, again, we, we cannot forget um, how in these conversations, what we're hearing from the men as well. And they're rising as well. They are rising to the occasion, you know, and I feel like one of the things that maybe in not so much in, again, I don't want to generalize, but a little bit in mainstream media or maybe even on social media, you know, you get this feeling, it may not be an outright, you know, something that someone says outright, but you get this feeling that, you know, we are mm, essentially sharing and or saying that men are not doing this. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well let's, let's lift women up and yes, men, you, you know, this is what you've done to us. Like, no, I actually don't. I mean, yes, I believe that of course we are, um, you know, in a, in a season to, 
to, to listen, to have everyone truly be the best listeners we've ever been. Um, and I want to honor literally through this podcast, I really want to honor men as well, because I don't believe we are talking enough about the men, capital T-H-E, about the men that I continue to hear, you know, week after week, who are men who have supported women, who are still supporting women, and who, you know, for example, at our Greater Good Party, you know, who were sitting here saying things like, I can't wait to see, and I think this is literally exactly the quote that I heard, I can't wait to see what the amazing women in this, excuse me, yeah, the amazing women in this room do, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward. And we right. had many men, we had many men at the Greater Good Party who were saying these things or these types of things. So, um, so that's what I really want to highlight as well. I want to highlight my, you know, my sisters and, and myself and, and our voices and the power that we have to change things by, you know, by continuing to use that voice. Um, and then, you know, also again, just really honor the men who are, you know, cheerleading and and Mm -hmm. championing, champion, champion, Help me. Championing. Championing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just drinking kombucha. What's going on here? Maybe that's maybe that's one of the alcohol kombucha motions. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, I yeah. just want to. I think it's. I think it's. The, I think it's the championing of the women who are stepping forward and mm-hmm. supporting them. But I think there quickly needs to be a second step from the men, which is not just saying stop harassing. But also, what are we going to do to create a, a more positive swing, a more positive change in masculinity, in, in how men are more conscious of them, themselves and their place in this society? And talk more about that. What is it? And, and this is the part that I promised in the last episode. Let's just turn the, um, turn the camera on you for a second and... Tell me, and you and I have talked about this in 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 yeah in in so many conversations really of what it means for you to be a conscious man in our relationship. What what does that mean to you, and how do you think that supports peace in the world, evolution, supporting women? growing young men to be men who are loving and kind and etc. Hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of them are specific to our romantic slash relationship, but I think there's also probably some parallels I could draw just with life and professional life. But one of the, a couple of the things that we've developed over the years in terms of our relationship and, and my role with you is I've worked on becoming a better listener, not assuming that I know where you're going with a conversation or even that you're going anywhere necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, not that we need to get to some like summation or solution, but just being present and listening. Uh, another way is, is, which is, I think, another podcast we're going to dive into a little bit deeper, but the idea of being aware of what it is that you need to feel loved which is not the same thing that I need to feel loved. So not assuming that you need what I need and really learning what it is specifically that you need. Um, 
And I think both each of those in some way have parallels. I especially think in, you know, professional setting, there's a lot of like jokey, but not exactly jokey stuff that, that goes through on social about mansplaining, you know, which is when women start talking or asking questions, men jump in to kind of like explain the situation, oftentimes to hilarious results when men, I saw a great one on Twitter where a man tried to explain uh, a scientific principle to a woman who actually was an astrophysicist who was working at NASA, which was pretty genius. But, but you know, that's an extreme example. But I think in, in any workplace, and especially the workplaces that I'm in, one is listening, not listening to respond, but listening to hear what somebody's saying. That's a big one, because I think a lot of times men, especially when women are speaking, are listening to respond. Um, I think another one is as much as you take the time to learn what your friends are, I think you need to take the time to learn what your coworkers are. Because what, and I'm thinking specifically about the idea that I, what we were just talking about with love languages is that if you take the time to understand what people need in a professional setting, you will be able to help them 10 times more than if you just make assumptions about their role or their gender or, you know, it's really, it's really, it's kind of like the, the work that you and I do with people around the genius zones. It's, it's in a very personal way figuring out what does this person need to really sing at their job. So it's, it's, again, it's listening, it's being aware, it's treating people like individuals. It's not falling into some of our social uh, constructs of mansplaining and, and over-talking and things like that. But it takes, it, again, for me, that's the consciousness. It's the recognition. And I've had to do it with myself. I've, I've, I've actually thought, oh, that's funny, mansplaining. Oh, shit, wait, do I do that? And, and just being aware of myself in situations and social situations to kind of check myself if I'm leaning towards trying to overtalk or trying to, you know, do that. Mm-hmm. That was a little verbal diarrhea there. But that's my answer to your question about conscious No, men. not at all. Are you kidding? I, I actually, I mean, the door was wide open <laughs> for you to keep going. I, again, I think this is such an important conversation to have. You know, if I had had my druthers, we, this whole entire podcast would have been about conscious men. And, you know, we'll probably come back around to, you know, to doing an episode on this. But um, another one I just want to point out that you and I have really worked on or talked about in specifically in our relationship is how, you know, you know, being conscious is being aware of, you know, what it is that you and and really we could well we can turn all of this around on me because literally everything and that I did want to say that um, before I forget and that is that everything that you mentioned about a conscious man and and you know the to dos or the not to dos or kind of what really um, supports you know our relationship and or your relationship outside of this home with with women um, is is very similar, you know, like the things that you get to do, I get to do too. You know, I get to be better in those ways. I get to evolve. I get to ask, you know, ask myself for more or, or yeah. And, um, but one that you and I have sort of joked about over and over and over again, and we've done this on like live streams and videos is, um, you know, how I have shared with you over the years that it's harder for you to poke fun at yourself. You know, when you come home and you don't have the milk, 
you know, for the third day in a row, it's like, oh, I forgot. Um, instead of saying, well, I, this is, this is what I've always joked with you about. Instead of saying, oh, I forgot. So sorry. Let me go back out and get the milk. It's just, Hey honey, did you bring the milk? No, I didn't. And there's this long, there had been like, there's these long pauses. And so, you know, you and I have really, you know, just been slightly comical about it, but also like, Hey, like what's going on with that? Like, why is it, why is it so difficult for you? And it's funny because I've had conversations with our girlfriends and mind you, you, you'll know this because out at dinners, we have talked about this, like, you know, with various couples where the, the partner, meaning the, the wife or the girlfriend has said, Oh my gosh, that happens in my relationship too. So again, not to generalize, but I think it's really interesting that, um, that, our conversations are similar around this particular piece. Like what's going on with my man, you, um, in the past, like it being so difficult for you to just say, I screwed up, you know, again, like being more effusive in that way. So I think that's being a conscious man and it's also being a conscious woman. I mean, I know I try and do that, or I should say I do my best doing that, but I know I can, I can of course continue to evolve in that way as well. Now, just to be completely clear, um, this is so not about a pointing the finger thing, either at you or at men that all men do that. Um, you know, I'm sharing it right now in this podcast episode because we have brought it up with a little bit of comedy, but with also a little bit of, you know, just keeping it real on live streams and stuff. Um, and, and, uh, so anyway, so that's why, you know, I wanted to, to bring it up because it has been something that you, I mean, let's be honest that you have really been wanting to work on is, um, as Kayam said in his piece, where are the men, you know, um, men who, uh, say sorry before someone brings, X or Y or Z to their attention. There's something like that in his poem. You know? That's in the poem? That's in the poem. It's pretty cool. So maybe it is a maybe maybe it is <laughs> quite a happens quite a bit. Um so yeah, so let's um, you know, start wrapping this up. I think one of the last things I wanted to share around this being the year of the woman, um, from from my perspective, is that, you know, I personally Again, in this, you know, I'm going to pretend that this is a world of my world of a, a woman of one, meaning my what my voice wants to say in this moment, what how I believe this is uh, or this has been the year of the woman is because I myself, because I myself have become even more aware of the power of my voice because I myself have become even more deeply connected to using that voice. Honestly, that's it. Like that's huge. And, you know, it's not to say that, for example, you know, in the business that I run and in the way that I support women, um, every day, of course, this has been top of mind, top of heart. This is what we talk about. This is the work that we do essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's never felt more real to me in my lifetime. Again, I'm 43. 
to me in my lifetime, it has never felt more real than it does right now. And it's not just, again, using that voice to support myself or to support my, you know, um, my, my sisters, but using my voice in the way that I have to guide Nolan, to share with Nolan, to be honest with Nolan, to, you know, alongside you talk to Nolan about consent already again, age appropriate. Cause he's only 12, but, or he is 12. Um, but that like, I really want to focus on that. Just celebrate that. Mm-hmm. That my voice is not only going to support me and others like me, but it is going to support my child who is a boy, who is, you know, turning into a man, who will go out into the world and hopefully, you know, be very much like his father, you know, where you are kind and you are supportive and you are a great listener and you want to evolve and you, um, you know, and you are kind and supportive of me when I don't, you know, when I am not my best self and when I am pushing up against my own evolution, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, so that's why it's the year of the woman for me. I love that. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you said it. That's why I said it. (laughs) So we decided we were going to close this episode of How Good's This with a poem each because we like poetry and we also thought it might be a nice way to sum up the different or the each of the views and ideas that we've covered in this podcast. Wonderful. Well, should we roast? You know what? Let's Rochambeau. I always Who goes lose first? that, though. Should we Rochambeau? Let's but I it. always lose that, so I'm going to end up going first. You never know. Let's okay, right. Yep, rock, rock just killed my scissors. <laughs> Paper just covered my rock. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that that was not planned. I, I. But if you just won, <laughs> does that mean you, you get to choose? Oh, I get to choose if I want to go first or second. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. All right. I chose Phenomenal Woman by Maya Angelou. Pretty women wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model's size, but when I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. I walk into a room just as cool as you please, and to a man. The fellows stand or fall down on their knees. Then they swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. I say, it's the fire in my eyes and the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist and the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say they still can't see. I say it's in the arch of my back, the sun of my smile, the ride of my breasts, the grace of my style. I am a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Now you understand just why my head's not bowed. I don't shout or jump about 
or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. It ought to make you proud. I say, it's in the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the palm of my hand, the need for my care. Because I'm a woman. Phenomenally. Phenomenal woman. That's me. I've always loved the confidence of that piece. Mm. I want to meet that woman. Well, I married her, but then I want to meet her. Oh, I thought you were talking about Maya Angelou. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I chose uh, a poem that we actually had at our wedding. It's a poem that we've both loved, but I love it especially because I feel that it captures the support that I always want to give to you. Always, and it's called, I Carry Your Heart With Me. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. I am never without it. Anywhere I go, you go, my dear. And whatever is done by only me is your doing, my darling. I fear no fate, for you are my fate, my sweet. I want no world, for beautiful you are my world, my true. And it's you are whatever a moon has always meant, and whatever a sun will always sing is you. Here is the deepest secret nobody knows. Here is the root of the root and the bud of the bud and the sky of the sky of a tree called life, which grows higher than soul can hope or mind can hide. And this is the wonder that's keeping the stars apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. That's so gorgeous. We read that at our wedding, right? Uh, or someone John, read it for John, yeah, someone our friend John Dragonette. Thank you for that. And I just want to, you know, obviously we won't. I won't read that again. There was a part of me, though, that wanted to read it again for you because I wanted you to get some love back. And that was gorgeous. Thank you. So, so wraps. Year of the Woman and... The New Year of the Man. That's right. And the New Year of the Woman. You're right. Yeah. So that's how we're going to close 2017. This is the last episode of 2017 of our brand new-ish How Good's This podcast. I think that was a great way to close and a great way to open. Yeah. So thank you, and I love you. Love you too. Take care, everyone. See you soon. That's today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Feel free to share. And if you could take two minutes and leave us a rating on iTunes, it would mean so much to us. We hope you've been moved to find your own answers to the question, how good's this? 